Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It is all well and good having a tremendous pay-per-view, but what you have to do once you've got everybody excited is follow up on it. And if this latest edition of AEW Dynamite is anything to go by... Well, All Elite Wrestling just did a great job. So when we were finished with this, I was just dancing around my living room, much like Jeff Hardy dances when he's on the rampway trying to save his own brother. But hello, my name is Sarah from What Culture. Welcome to Ups and Downs, the show where we take the finger of power, which is this, and we give the good bit up and the bad bits down. It was gibberish that came out of my mouth. The point is, we're going to kind of review it. And I know you're thinking, you're a bored idiot. Why do you have a say in this? It's a very good question. Let's up those doubts. Chris Jericho, Eddie Kingston feud is fire. Chris Jericho kicked off Dynamite by coming to the ring and getting a microphone and saying, thank you so much, Mr. Kingston, because you awoke something inside of me that I haven't felt in years. And because of that, I would like you to come to this squared circle and I'm finally going to shake your head. As his name had been said, this was a professional wrestling show. Eddie did come out and man, you have to go and watch this. Anytime he talks, I am just mesmerized, especially because he's so damn honest. He was all like, man, on the Friday before the pay-per-view, I was so worried, I was so scared because I knew this was the biggest match of my career. I just wanted to go out there and get crazy, but I didn't do it because I wanted to remain true to myself. Then shut down some idiot fan that was doing the whole what thing and even said, Stone Cold Steve Austin ain't here, bro. And he was totally correct. And at first, Chris Jericho totally agreed with him. He's like, you know what? I should have shaken your hand. I made a terrible mistake, but please, let's make it up now. I mean, you could just see what was going to happen, but that's totally fine. This is how good stories are told. And just as they did touch palms, out came Danny Garcia and out came 2.0. They jumped everybody, which is when Santana and Ortiz had to come and make the save. And they gave Floyd the baseball bat to Chris Jericho. And just when it looked like he was going to twonk these fools, he turned on his inner circle boys and he beat him up. Jake Hagar then put in his application for the Oscars because he came up going, oh my gosh, what is happening? And then instantly joined Chris Jericho. Honestly, it took him around about 3.2 seconds to decide. And all of this finished with Eddie Kingston being hurled through a table. I tell you, it looked devastating. Jericho then grabbed a mic and said that alongside 2.0 Daniel Garcia and Jake Hagar, this is now the Jericho Appreciation Society. And I tell you why I like this name, because when you put it together, it means... 
he is now officially in jazz. This was such a good angle though, because Jericho going bad guys, 100% the right thing to do. And also making sure we spotlight 2.0 and Garcia is just absolutely the correct path to take. So I'm gonna give it a round of applause. I cannot wait until round two, because AEW doesn't often do rematches, so it gets me excited and it's getting it up. We then had a quick video reminding you that the CM Punk MGF feud was absolutely brilliant when it was time for a world title match. I mean, what was going on? It all does come down to AEW's rankings though, because Dante Martin has been on a tear when it comes to singles competition. So it allowed him to shine one more time before he does go back into the tag team. And it was a great chance to remind you that Hangman Adam Page is a top champion. And look, yes, sure. I don't think anybody actually thought Dante was gonna climb the mountain here, but was it a super duper fun match that had one man just zooming around the place with the other guy kind of grabbing him and kicking his ass? Yes. And that was Dante Martin's strategy too. He was like, well, maybe if I hit Hangman Adam Page with every single move that has ever existed, I can win. And even though he did hit all of these moves, I'm pretty sure if it had gone five minutes longer, he would have found more moves because the man just makes up moves on the fly. I mean, his dropkick got reversed into a powerbomb at one point, but he still got up and was like, rah, I'm just gonna run at you. And he probably shouldn't have done that because eventually Hangman did hit the buckshot lariat. One, two, three. Anyone. So this was like adrenaline being hooked up into your veins and we still weren't done. Cause afterwards, Tony Schiavone took a microphone and he stuck it into Hangman Adam Page's face. And after he did say, oh Dante, if you ever climb back up here, I'll give you another shot. He got interrupted by Adam Cole. So that is 26 interruptions in AEW and 78 in all of professional wrestling. And this is yet another feud where it looks like we're gonna do some rematches. Cause while Cole was super pissed off here, what he really wants is a six man tag team match. Hangman can go and find two friends of his choosing and he already knows who he's gonna pick. In fact, it's two people that Paige knows very well. Because I'm a massive wrestling nerd and because I'm a massive wrestling geek, I was gonna pick the Young Bucks. And then in around about 40 minutes, I was going to be proved very wrong. What will probably happen long-term though, is that the Young Bucks do realign with Adam Page, and then this magical water is just gonna come out of my eyes. And all of this I thought was tremendous fun, and it made me want to see where it's gonna go. AEW then continued this whole idea that anything could happen on an episode of Dynamite as the commentators told us, oh well, that world title match didn't go very long, so now we're going to have an impromptu match later between Pac and Wheeler Utah, when we then went straight in to John Moxley teaming with Brian Danielson with William Regal as their manager. Honestly, I swear, I tell you, the warm and fuzzy feelings in my tum-tum were just shooting through the roof. They were facing JD Drake and Anthony Henry, who are also known as the Workhorse Men, and that must be the greatest tag team name I've ever heard in my life. And because they've been bustling out on the indie scene for years, they actually had a little bit of offense for Mox and Brian. And do not get me wrong, this was basically Danielson and John just going absolutely crazy. And there were some chops in this match, that if your mum saw them happening to you, she'd be sitting there going, man, I am worried. Moxie was just biting people at one point, because why the hell not? And while he did almost kill himself on his dive, he got back in the ring, he hit the paradigm shift, then Brian Danielson was here with the flying knee, he booted some people's head in before he locked in the label lock, everybody tapped out, and not only did these two guys win, but really, when you think about it, they should probably win for the rest of our lives. Regal looked like a proud dad the entire time, and afterwards, he got a microphone too. What the flub was going on at this episode of Dynamite? It was like they wanted you to cry. That was their edict before they started. We are gonna make everybody have water 
water liquid come out of their face. And honestly, I swear they came close. Not only was he super nice to Tony Schiavone, but when he drew a line under that, he turned to Brian Danielson and just heaped so much praise on him, including saying, if I hadn't had all these personal problems in my own life, I could have been the perfect wrestler, but I didn't. But when it comes to you, you are that person. I was like, man, it's true. It's kind of similar with Moxley, although their bond is over the fact they have been through certain struggles. <laughs> William Regal basically went, hey, if anybody out there is stupid enough to take these two on, they are going to kill you. So seriously, how did this just happen on a random show? Like when it was done, I just stood up and started clapping. And don't get me wrong, there was nobody else in my house. So if there had been a power cut, I would have been stood in the dark doing this with my hands like a seal, but I wouldn't have cared. This is exactly the kind of thing I want from my professional wrestling and is get it up. And then we tease that there may be problems between Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order. I mean, I can't contain myself. I mean, they had kind of teased this on BTE, so Hangman went out to them and said, look, I'm so sorry, I was just having a bad day, but let's move past it. When John Silver was like, well, which two members of the Dark Order are gonna team with you next week? And Paige went, oh yeah, about that. I'm not going to pick any of you because I saw the Lucha Express in the corridor and I've given a shot to them. So something is definitely brewing and we are just layering up these stories like we baking a cake. I don't even know what that means. Then we had this match between Pac and Wheeler Utah. And in a recent interview, Brian Danielson had said if he was going to create the perfect technical wrestler, he would just show everybody Pac. And my word, he's right. Wheeler is also a delight, but once again, you knew it was going to happen here. Although he did get some offense in, including smashing Pac with a German suplex. But then later on, Pac was like, ah, you want to drop me on your head, do you? Well, I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to brain buster your skull into the floor. Then he applied the brutalizer and he won via tap out. But it was a good fun match. I enjoyed both of these guys. Up. And then yes, I look like a fool. Now I am a fool, but I don't enjoy being reminded. Cause we were backstage with Adam Cole and almost instantly Red Dragon and the Young Bucks started to fall out. And after Adam Cole had started to big up who his partners were gonna be, Matt and Nick Jackson were like, no nah, man, the history with Hangman Adam Page is too much. We're not going to do it. When Cole turned to them and said, uh, yeah, it's not you. I was talking about Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. So this is all going to implode soon. And like I say, I bet it does lead to Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks teaming up again. I'm just going to be so happy when this does go down. Long-term storytelling. And then talking about planting more seeds too, because we zoomed to FTR and along the short of it is that Tax and Tully Blanchard fell out. Cash Wheeler got involved before going, actually, no, you dissed my brother. You dissed my boy. So Mr. Blanchard... You fired. I mean, you should see my wrestling notebook, which is something I just made up, but it is just overflowing now. Like, is Tully going to manage a new team to take on these guys? Are FTR about to turn babyface? Are they going to team up with Arn Anderson? Has AEW got Bret Hart? There is just a long list of things that could happen, and I'd probably be here for every one of them. I mean, given the Ring of Honor stuff, there's also the chance that maybe the Briscoes and FTR finally have that match. Wait and see. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And then next, we got one hell of a debut. And if you do explore the internet wrestling community, there is this vocal group who's all like, man, AEW does too many of these. So I'm going to let you know where I stand. If all wrestling promotions want to debut a new wrestler every single week for the rest of my life, I am going to be in favour of it. So we were having an AHFO board meeting, and given that Andrade and Matt Hardy have fallen out, we had the Butcher and the Blade, who had closed their shop up early, and we had Private Party, and everybody was going to vote whether Matt Hardy should stay in or leave using their thumbs. And I like this. I like to think that if you had a board meeting at Microsoft, they all walk around going, oh man, which way is my finger going to go today? Matt Hardy thought he was going to be fine because his boys have got his back, and then at the last second, like Batista and Triple H, Private Party took their thumbs, they pointed them towards the four, and everybody beat poor Mr. Hardy up. Darby! Sting came out first to try and help, but the numbers game overwhelmed them. And then just in the most pro wrestling moment ever, Jeff Hardy's classic music hit, he ran to the ring, and even though his brother was getting beaten up, he made sure to do his dance. I was loving it. I was laughing out loud in the best possible way. This was perfect. He got a massive reaction too, and finally the good guys were able to get rid of the bad guys, and it finished with Matt Hardy hitting the twist of fate, and Jeff Hardy hitting the swanton bomb. So if you can believe it, in 2022, the Hardy boys are back together in AEW. Jeff also came across like a super duper whooper star. And look, forget about all these cross promotional shows that everybody wants like AEW versus New Japan. I want New Japan, AEW, WWE, Ring of Honor, Impact, all these companies to come together and come to an agreement that once a wrestler has a specific theme song that we recognize, they're allowed to use that wherever they go. Cause I tell you, it really does work for us. This is all gonna be brilliant though. I mean, they are one of the best tag teams ever. So you'll be shocked to hear that I'm giving it up. We then learned that Shane Strickland will have his first match on Rampage against Tony Nese because Tony Nese was being an ass here. When it was time for Wardlow to come out and cut his big baby face promo, nailed it. Now let's not forget that most of the time when we have seen Wardlow over the last few years, he has just stood there and looked intimidating. So he was going to have to give us quite the explanation. Bravo to that guy. I thought he did a great job. His major point was that he was going to stop supporting MGF's dreams and start focusing on his own instead. And he even explained why he did this. He grew up poor. He wanted to be able to support his mother and his family. And he knew that professional wrestling was a good way to do that. So when Maxwell Jacob Friedman offered him a lot of cash, he knew that MGF was an asshole, but he felt like he had to do it. He still thanked Maxwell for helping getting his foot in the door. And he also agreed, look, you go your separate way and let me out of my deal. I'll go my separate way because because I want to be the TNT champion. And that way we can just call a spade a spade and leave this all in the past. And I'll level with you. 
I don't think that's going to happen. This was a really smart way to come across as a good guy while also being an intense son of a gun. And what I think is going to happen is he is going to challenge for that TNT championship and somebody called MJF is going to screw him over. But that makes all the sense in the world given what we did do in our main event. So it's a couple of thumbs for Wardlow, which would also mean that he's still in the Andrade Hardy family office. Shouldn't have said it but I'm giving it an up. QT Marshall was then trying to sweet talk Keith Lee into joining him and Keith Lee just went, nope. And I don't know why I found this so funny, but it was like a kid going, oh, mum and dad, can we have McDonald's? They just turn around and say, denied. They did mention Ricky Starks and Team Taz here, so I'm sure all these three things are gonna come together. Good. It was then time for Simon's favorite tag teams in AEW come together because it was the Jurassic Express taking on the acclaimed. Once again, I just thought it was really fun. Up. Max Castor and Anthony Bowens attacked these guys straight away because they are a couple of dingleberries. But even when Luchasaurus was walking around going rawr and throwing them all over the place, once again, Anthony Bowens cast a distraction, which allowed the acclaim to get back into it. Now, I do believe it was Luchasaurus's birthday recently, and he's like nine billion years old or something. But happy birthday to him. He rocks. Jungle Boy was then doing his thing and flying around the place. And honestly, if you do keep an eye on him, he gets better every single week when he made the hot tag to Luchasaurus. And honestly, have a proper think, and there may be people on the same level, but does anybody do this better than him? I say no. The champs then went for the doomsday device, but Anthony just shoved Jungle Boy to the floor, and straight after there was a mic drop, and seriously, that got a really close near fall, and like the idiot I am, I almost bought it. Instead, Luchasaurus broke it up at the last second, this is when Christian was like, wait a minute, these guys are being a couple of dicks, I need to interfere, which then allowed the Jurassic Express to hit the doomsday device, they got the one, two, three, and they are still your tag team champions. Jake Cargill and Mark Sterling then quite literally asked who is next. And given that this was in reference to an undefeated streak, they know what they were doing. When it was time for a number one contenders match, Thunder Rosa versus Layla Hirsch. Now I want to make it very clear that I'm a big fan of both of these people. Layla Hirsch is awesome and Thunder Rosa is a superstar in the making. But I do have to say this story has got a little bit weird. Like Britt Baker beat Thunder Rosa at the pay-per-view and then three days later she's back in a number one contendership match. Now I do understand it. It's because Britt Baker and her goons screwed her over but it still does make you scratch your head, especially because Layla Hirsch was the top-ranked person. She should have been like, no, Thunder can go back to back the line. Where's my opportunity? And the flip side to this is that our major goal is to tell Britt Baker that Thunder Rosa isn't going to go away. Hence why here she hit the Thunder Rosa fire driver. It's not called that. I just made it up. And she got the victory. We then added even more story in there because it was announced, okay, it is going to be you versus Britt Baker next week. And it will be in a steel cage because we got to keep those goons out the ring. So all of this is actually quite smart. Britt was then losing it backstage because she was like, oh man, this is a conspiracy when we also learn that Mercedes Martinez will take on Jamie Hayter on Rampage. And while I'm sure that Thunder Rosa will win next week, which will tie into the fact that Britt Baker could only win when she gets help and we're in Thunder Rosa's hometown, I just kind of think that maybe, just maybe, we should have done it at Revolution. That's just what I feel deep down in my tum-tum. And the match was okay, like it did its job, but the fans were so quiet because I don't think they believed the Thunder Rosa was going to lose. So when I wrap it up into a big ball, got to get it down. Our main event was for the TNT title, though, as Sammy Guevara defended against Scorpio Sky. And the best thing, here it is, about this belt 
is you never actually know when it's gonna change hands. Sammy used Barry Barricade almost instantly, so he knows what's going down, but then he set up a table, and he went to the top rope, and he tried to do the 630 through it. Scorpio Sky got out of the way, and I kid you not, it actually looked like Sam had died. That was a horrible, horrible fall. We sold this big time as well as Ty Conte was out there to check on him and a bunch of referees and eventually decided, no, he can't continue. And they started to walk him to the back. But just at the last second, he was like, no, man, I have to defend this championship. So he did get back in the ring. But the first thing Scorpio did was like, all right. And he chucked him over the top rope and surprise, surprise, Guevara hit the floor. And he's like, oh no, I'm in a lot of pain. We then had even more story going on because Paige Van Zandt was in the crowd and she started getting to it with Ty Conte. And that was going to tie into what happened later. And man, once again, we hit the go button. I mean, if anybody out there is going to criticize Scorpio Sky or Sammy Guevara for what they do in the ring... I think you're crazy. It looked like Sammy was going to win after he hit the GTH, but Sky still had his wits about him, so he rolled under the bottom rope. And if you can believe it, this ended with distraction. Because Paige and Conte lost it with each other, right down to Van Zandt grabbing Ty and throwing her into Simba the Steel Steps. And at this stage, Sammy Guevara was so confused, he forgot he was in a wrestling match. So Scorpio Sky creeped up. He picked him up onto the shoulders. He hit the TKO. He scored the three, meaning that's right, my friends. We have a brand new champion. Now, this was the right move because Scorpio Sky has deserved this for ages. And man, the aftermath of this, because all the good guys got beaten up. Paige Van Zandt took Di Conte and dumped it onto Sammy Guevara's body. And then she signed her AW contract on her ass. Don't get mad at me. That's literally what happened. So I'm also going to assume that we're probably going to do Paige Van Zandt and Scorpio Sky, who are part of Dan Lambert's crew, taking on Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte. And seriously, who saw that coming? Some people are also saying that Scorpio Sky is going to be a transitional champion. But like I said earlier, I don't think that's true at all. I think Wardlow will be screwed over by MGF, which will allow Sky to have a massive run. But even if that doesn't happen and Scorps only holds it for a little bit, that's fine. Once again, the TNT title should always make you go, well, I'm not 100% sure. So this was a very good end to Dynamite. And it's getting it up. Which brought us to the end of the show. And as I kind of made clear in the intro, it was just like getting energy and putting it right into your skull. It's not your skull. That's your arm. Don't know why I did that. Point is, it was good overall up. Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.